Rock Hard Caucus, episode number four. I'm Justin. Everyone here is Chuck, Natalie, Evan. Hello, everyone. Yeah. We're How here. you doing? Hey, what's up? Hello. <laughs> uh, before we get into the meat of today's discussion, I, I think we need to apologize for not doing our due diligence last episode when we talked about <laughs> Joseph Dobrian. Uh, turns out he's on Twitter. Uh, to be fair... <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to us, he has 19 followers, so it's easy to miss. He's barely on there. Mm-hmm. He hasn't tweeted in over two years. But he's at Joseph Dobrian, D-O-B-R-I-A-N, if you want to look into this yourself. The good tweets are deleted. What? Really? I'm um, not according. I, I have them pulled yeah, up right now. Yeah, following firing. I have them pulled up right you now. You do? Yeah. They're not going. Oh, Brandon said they were. Okay. It's an act of defiance. Uh, the, two, the two tweets that we found that are very good, uh, this one is from October 10th, 2016. Uh, he says, I've written the last novel I'll ever write about how I've blown it with chicks. So go buy a copy of Hardwired <laughs> and read all about it. <laughs> it's got two likes, it looks like. Yes, that one does. Hell yeah. yeah. And they're both women that have liked it. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Oh, oh sure they are. I wonder how many people went, went out and bought his book because of that tweet. Yeah, I mean, it worked. It's just Two like virtual Texas replying to everybody on Twitter, oh, go buy the book, go buy the book if you want to find out that was like getting angry at him for various things. I want to find out how you failed with chicks, dude. Yeah. I need to know. That sounds like a good thing for me to read about. When i am got some free time, that's how this, you know, fucking <laughs> incel moron had troubles with girls his entire life. And now he's like sixty. Why? Also, why is it his last novel? He's like, he's just like reined well, it in. Well, he said it's the last novel he'll ever write about that subject. Oh. So, oh, okay. Never mind then. Yeah, there could be more to come. I say to me that implies that he's written multiple books about this. Yeah, before. I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, 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 he was every one of his other books. I mean, I guess I assume that's the case. Okay, so uh, that first tweet is pretty funny, but this next one is the real doozy. Uh, this was tweeted on October twenty first. 2016 this is a reply to christy canyon it's a picture of a woman's uh you know vagina area (laughs) (laughs) is that that what you call it yeah (laughs) it's her crotch it's a picture of her crotch very smooth (laughs) it's a very uh i don't know how to describe this it's a very generous picture of a woman's Uh, crotch yes (laughs) Technically wearing underwear. She's but, wearing underwear, but you know, yeah, you, fully can see, you can see stuff around the edges. Uh, and Joseph, <laughs> Joseph replied to this and said, "Untamed and untrimmed, the bush itself is an erogenous zone if you know how to work it." And then all caps, abhor the baldy. Oh, and doesn't the tweet ask the question? Yeah, it does. It asks what's your what's your style? Uh, what's your favorite style of bush? <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry, oh I didn't God. I didn't read that. I'll read the whole thing. This is from Christy Canyon eleven. Uh grooming three exclamation points on you and me today at Vivid Radio XS SXM. Uh and there's a phone number. I've got a bushy bush today. What's your favorite style? <laughs> <laughs> and if you go to her page, she has more like sexy pictures on there. Does he f- he has to follow her? It looks like she's like the host of um or was the host of a radio show, but now uh, all she has on here is a link to her OnlyFans account and her Amazon wish list, and she's still fairly <laughs> yeah. active on Twitter. She, dude, 
dude, she has 101,000 followers. Yeah, dude. Damn. That's for her. awesome. She's a hero. Friend of the pod. As far as Joseph goes replying to this, um, I would say, uh, let he who is without horns uh, cast the first stone on this one. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> we are all guilty of a horny reply. So. <laughs> oh, God. Are we? You tell him yourself. <laughs> I know you're not. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But yeah, a poor the baldy is probably one of my favorite phrases of all time. Yeah, definitely. It's in all caps. Yep. Pretty much the nerdiest thing you could possibly write. You know, girls love that shit though, bro. <laughs> it's basically like this is Sparta about about pubes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Abhor the baldy, and then you you kick a shaved woman into a hole. <laughs> That's what he dreams about, dude. It's like uh, it's like a, it's like reading a Monty Python quote. It's like it defies parody. Also, imagine thinking that's a bush. I'm very hung up on that part of it. Like, <laughs> like that's a porn star. She's wax. Yeah, like, to be honest, like, it's really not that much. It's really not. No. <laughs> but I guess, like, it's working for her. What's on her Amazon wish list? I'm going to go on Ooh, that's Twitter. a good question. I want to find yeah. out how to. Actually, yeah, let's let's hear it. Go, go look. <laughs> let's see how much, how much is her OnlyFans account is the real question. <laughs> <laughs> is it cheaper than a WoW subscription? <laughs> All right, I have the OnlyFans account up. Uh, you can follow her for four ninety nine a month. Oh, dude, that's nothing. Okay, here we go. You got the Amazon, Amazon wish list. list. Yeah. I'm I'm trying here. Amazon wish lists are either like a bunch of like like bed sheets and like lotions and stuff like that, <laughs> or it's like yep. like toilet paper and like nail polish and like a <laughs> gift card to Starbucks. That's what it is. It's like cooking accessories that you might use like. <laughs> once ever yeah <laughs> it's like just obscure cooking accessories natalie do you have it pulled up yes so it's all like various stem cell face treatments oh <laughs> a candle <laughs> nice. um some sheepskin scan sheepskin sandals it's just all skincare like did you see the cells. did you see the last one on the list though the phyto stem cell plus serum well, I have the list pulled up, and the last item on it is a Subway gift card. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a popular one. Oh, yeah. Eat fresh. It looks like people have been buying her stuff, too, because, like, the quantity in the has, I think that's, like, how many people have bought for her. Yeah, that's, like, what a reg- wedding registry is. She has a Whole Foods Market gift card. Nice. Oh, there we go, and a Subway gift card. Someone has already bought her nine Whole Foods gift cards. Hell Yeah. Damn. It's already I paid am off. So proud of her for getting her groceries from the Joseph Dobrians of the world. Oh <laughs> <laughs> <Hell> yes. <laughs> what yeah. that he's bought stuff Joseph, from that? Yeah, Joseph Dobrian <laughs> bought all nine of them. Yeah, it's just him. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I'm looking through her posts here, and it's like, God, she's like, it, I, she does like some kind of like sex show on um, Vivid Radio SXM, and uh, they call it Sex Court. It looks like. <laughs> Damn. What is? What are these? Um, <laughs> like fucking clay model penises here, that with skirts. What are you looking at? <laughs> have... Oh yeah, I see that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> she makes um, uh, penis art and cupcake. Oh, nice. That's a booming niche industry, you know. Dicker Queen Jen Stein. 
guest on the Christie Canyon show. Let's listen to the Christie yep. Canyon show. I uh, I think we should touch on there's there's one more bit of uh news from the Joseph Dobrian front. I think we can maybe touch on before we move on here. <laughs> or do we need to skip? Do you want to skip Ooh, that? Oh boy, uh, Natalie, would you like to do the honors? So Joseph Dobrian no longer writes for the Iowa City Press as a citizen. What? Because finding porn tweet replies of your local writers is praxis, and it totally works. So um, I screenshotted the tweet and sent it to the Iowa City Press citizen, and um, they replied and said, we're reviewing this. And then the like news director messaged me back and said, as of today, let me pull it up. I want to, like, have it exactly. Um, Tori Brecht, news director here. As of today, we have decided to end publication of any Joseph Dobrian columns on our opinion page. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, all of the horrible stuff he said <laughs> in public and what did it was one Cancel tweet. culture is out of control. <laughs> <laughs> Two years ago. <laughs> Three it's years just, ago. like, a super frustrating thing now. Like, he's allowed to, like, shit on poor people and, like, do his grievance politics in the newspaper. He's allowed to literally plot a mouse shooting. Yeah, he well, is. okay, not literally, but... But, like, express sympathy for it. Yeah. And say, but by the grace of God go I. Yeah. <laughs> it's <totally laughs> in his head. Just doing a thought experiment. Womp womp. You can just fucking jizz out that garbage for years and years and it's fine and then like one porn treat i actually think it's fine to be a porn reply guy and i hope he bought her whole foods gift cards it's just like <laughs> gross that that <laughs> hell yeah christy canyon i think that's great <laughs> just don't do it on your public twitter account my guy yeah yeah, I think it's fine. It's just like, why would you, like, as someone who writes about, like, Brett Kavanaugh and stuff, like, the, the hypocrisy is what I hate, not the... We're going to find his alternate Twitter account. It's going to be, like, Baldy Hater. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I forgot what the tweet actually is, and it's, like, really nasty. <laughs> Never mind. Like, misogynistic. I don't necessarily see the problem with, with that either, uh, but I think that just speaks about the sort of, like, evangelical influence that uh the publication he write he writes for has because uh, he could get away with writing all the shit like that for a long time and then like you know one like relatively innocent reply uh to a picture of a vagina and uh he's out the door yeah i feel like he might have been on uh thin ice to begin with though <laughs> yeah very yeah it doesn't seem like he made a whole lot of friends <laughs> i would not I think it's probably more that. likely that they wanted a reason to fire him like this was just yeah. like a last straw, but it's still like pretty gross. I don't like he's he said something pretty gross that's like fair to fire him for maybe. I don't ugh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's fair to say that he doesn't deserve a platform. <laughs> so, yeah, agreed. for whatever reason. <laughs> I know that's harsh, but uh, sorry, Joe. So speaking of abhorring the baldy, uh, how about that Cory Booker, huh? How about that Cory Booker? His head is incredibly smooth. They have to put makeup all over his head, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like, when you're in a debate, like, you're drenched in makeup on his head. His <laughs> I didn't head. know that. What's the, what's the point they of that? They just, like, held him upside down by his, his ankles and <laughs> dipped his whole head. <laughs> they all have to wear, like, stage makeup. I mean, it works for him. I guess. These are the things that I think about. 
during the debate. Well, I mean, that's pretty much the best thing you could think about during the debate. <laughs> All I was thinking about was Marianne Williamson just, like, materializing on stage. Everybody. <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> She's got, like, two crystals in her hands that are glowing. Why are some of those other... Why is Amy Klobuchar allowed on the stage? I have no idea. Hand? Like, why is fucking Cory Booker up there? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I only got to watch the end of the debate. Probably the last half hour, maybe 45 minutes. I got to work pretty late the other night, and... um I was looking at the cast of characters on stage, and I'm like, what the fuck are some of these people still doing here? Like, why are they wasting time with these people still? Yeah. Like, there could be yeah. more time for the legitimate yeah. people to yeah. talk. Yeah. Like, who the fuck is Amy Klobuchar? Cory Booker had, like, a ton of talking time, too. Like, yeah. way oh, more yeah. than you would ba- see, guess based on his polling. Yeah, He's he like, got he just barely cleared 2%. There's actually a um, post that was made about the amount of speaking time that was given during the debate um they've got joe biden speaking uh 17.4 minutes was his total speaking time uh elizabeth warren right behind him at 16.5 and then cory booker behind him at 14.7 <laughs> uh, and then behind them uh was bernie at 14.1 you've got harris at 13.7 mayor pete at 11.4 and i think you've got yang bringing up the rear at about seven minutes makes sense like what the fuck why did he just raise his hand the most or did he get stuff directed to him? Um, it's because he was um, people were taking shots at him and in you know, the typical debate fashion, they'll give you like 20 or 30 seconds to reply to it, you know, to, like to try to defend oh. yourself. So when he would do that, he'd get off track and talk for like 60 to 70 seconds. Remember one oh, when he got yeah. mad and was like, I get to keep talking past my time. Everyone else is talking past their time. Now it's my turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and if you recall, if you recall from a previous debate, there was a point where he was just like rambling for like 30 seconds and then like clearly wasn't going to get to the point and just said, well, that's my time. So yeah. Gonna, so <laughs> uh-huh. gonna... <laughs> he had some pretty rough moments on stage. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Booker that was saying something about him and he hears his name and kind of perks up. And he literally turns to Bernie and is like, what'd he just say? Like, yeah. what'd he say? <laughs> it's a very kind of funny moment. I think that was Castro, actually. Because yes, Castro, Castro was yep. just, like, repeatedly owning him yeah. all night. Called him senile. Another person yep. that shouldn't be up there, by the way. He's like, this guy doesn't got a whole lot going upstairs. Well, I mean, he's doing, like, the Chris Christie to Marco Rubio thing to Biden, it seems. Which oh, is yeah, cool. that was... <laughs> I watched that video the other day. It was so funny, dude. What was it? Chris Christie sucks, but, dude, he destroyed Marco Rubio. Oh, yeah. Oh, Natalie, did you not watch the 2016 Republican debates? Fuck no. Oh, dude. Oh, man, they were so It was a bloodbath. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was just too stressed out at the time. I was too stressed out at the time. So Rubio just had these, like, uh, planned out lines for the debates, and it was clear that he just over-rehearsed everything. And he said something. It was like, uh, let's let's dispel with this uh, fiction that... President Obama doesn't know what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. And Christie just gets on the mic and is like, listen, Rubio, you're not ready to be on this stage. You're just like repeating lines over and over again. And then Rubio said exactly the same oh line. And Chris Christie calls right him on it. He's that. like, see, look, there it is, everybody. It was a pretty epic takedown. It was, it was wild. And they That's just start amazing. bickering with one another after that. I think that pretty much destroyed his like national media. Oh, like, dude, yeah, that was Providence. It. Yeah. Like, they're like, I don't know about this guy anymore. My favorite thing is, like, when there are people that I hate both of them, and they hurt each other, and I really like it. It's like Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. I'm here for that. Yeah, it's fun. Let them fight. 
Yeah, let them fight. So back to the present. Uh, I watched the debate at the Iowa City Bernie Sanders office with a few like-minded individuals, and I was actually taking notes like a good little boy. Uh, <laughs> Fucking nerd. <laughs> there's, a f- <laughs> there's a few things that I, I want to note. Uh, first off, I think Amy Klobuchar is my least favorite person running for president now. Maybe besides Biden. Her but, whole, I mean, yeah, oh, folksy God. charm thing. It's a little, oh little grating. The warmly lit Midwestern yeah. kitchen, sitting at a table with two old people and nodding as they voice their concerns. She's very much that. <laughs> yeah. I will yeah. literally never think of anything but the fucking salad comp. I, I know. Can't. <laughs> I, it's such a good Something story. about that is so viscerally horrifying that I cannot get over the salad comp. Do you think yeah. people listening would know what the salad comb was? Um, maybe Probably. not. Uh, I would hope so. So she's like, Klobuchar is like really notably abusive to her aide. And one time one brought her a salad, but forgot like a fork for it. And she like dressed him down in front of the entire staff viciously. And then was like, I'm still going to fucking eat this. And got out a comb from her bag and ate it with a comb. And then she made a fucking joke about it later. Was like, it... The salad tastes much better with the scalp oil, scalp oil and the hair flakes <laughs> and just something about it like uh. just hits this like sensory like oh that's gross oh yeah, my god gross. so gross and that's the only thing I will ever be able to think of until the day I die when it comes to her is the salad comb I can't think of anything else damn now I can't either salad comb ew to joke that your hair oil is in the salad I just I just can't well think about the salad comb while I read you a, a few quotes <laughs> okay, I'm doing okay. it right now I'm calmly thinking about it and listening carefully yeah during her opening statement she said Houston we have a problem oh yeah no I, she didn't get, yeah get yeah, it yeah I remember that I uh, missed the very beginning that's amazing Jesus Ugh. fucking Christ <laughs> the debate was in Houston get it <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. good one. That's yeah. Oh, oh my god. How fucking topical. Oh my god. While Castro was owning Biden, uh Klobuchar just had this little aside where she said, "A house divided cannot stand." <laughs> okay. I'm glad someone's brave enough to say what it. What a cornball. <laughs> <laughs> yep. In the hot 2019 take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the in the section where they were talking about guns and shootings, uh, I believe Amy Klobuchar was the third candidate to say this, but she said, uh, what unites us is so much greater than what divides us. Is that all she's there God. for is to like, it, it's like one of those, um, uh, uh, like one of those machines where you like put a quarter in it and you twist the little knob and it kicks out like a little like egg for you, like a little plastic egg and you open it up and there's a fucking toy inside. I feel like that's what she's doing. Except it's just like the most cliche overused fucking things you could say while you're running for any sort of public office. Yeah, she's kind of a fortune cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that too. That's another good way to put it. Just, you know, there's 20 preset fortunes. You don't know which one you're going to get, but you know, they're all good, right? Yeah. It's going to be one of those 20. I wouldn't vote for her like for city council. Like she is not ready to do anything no not at all i have one more um and i forgot about this one it's pretty bad uh when they were talking about climate change amy klobuchar said you know that movie the day after tomorrow it's today <laughs> oh. Ooh, nice that now, that's is, scary that is brutal <laughs> damn i've changed my mind i don't believe in climate change anymore <laughs> just because of that statement that that's turned me off completely to the science <laughs> behind it so imagine her debate prep like 
Oh my god! Yeah, what yeah. debate prep? <laughs> well, I'm saying like you have to make an impression. Like you're like you made the cut to the you know the ten candidates on the stage or whatever, and so like you know the candidates are trying to generate buzz, and then that that's what you come up with. It's just kind of sad. Was it you, Evan, that told me about the Yang thing and hiring? <laughs> yeah. For his yeah. debate prep. Yang hired, like, actual people to impersonate all of the other candidates <laughs> for his debate. Wow. His debate I mean, prep. that doesn't sound like a bad idea. No, not really, I but... Mean, no, but it's funny as hell. I th- yeah, I think I think Clinton did kind of the same thing, actually. Maybe not, like, actual impersonators. No, I don't... But... Yeah, I find that I, hard to believe. I think that'd be a little more effective if uh, Yang was someone that, like, had other candidates, like, coming for him all the time and, like, trying to shit on him. So then you can kind of like think about how you reply, but Yang was kind of on an island, at least what I saw. Like, no one really had much to say about anything that he said. They mostly just like ignored him, or uh, during his opening statement where he announced his like raffle uh, yeah. <laughs> contest thing. Um, his illegal campaign scheme. Mayor Pete basically did the office gym face to the camera as a reaction. Nice. <laughs> I remember uh, reading about how he said. He's going to do something during the debate that no candidate has ever done before. And I was really hoping he was going to, like, I don't know, like, do fucking Fortnite dances or, like, vape or, like, Snapchat the debate or something. (laughs) (laughs) Get him just, like, dabbing on stage. (laughs) It would have been awesome if he did something actually cool. I agree. He should have dropped out during the debate. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been pretty good, too. (laughs) That would be metal. I mean, did you I guys like did you guys enter to win that contest? Because I, yeah. I certainly did. Yeah, <laughs> get my Yang bucks. No, I didn't. I didn't know you could. No, it was a contest. Yeah, all you have to do is it's your name, uh, your zip code, and your email. And I'm gonna do that. You may win. Yeah, twelve thousand dollars. I'm getting emails now from him though. I've only got a couple, so I'm not too upset. Frankly, one is too many. Watch <laughs> out, man! We're gonna get the Yang gang on us again. <laughs> again. Again. Yeah. So I noticed something, too, uh, in the parts of the debate that I watched. Um, I have not seen any uh, exchanges between Warren and Sanders at all that seem negative. And I'm wondering if they have some sort of, like, non-aggression pact to, uh, you know, if, if one of them gets the nomination, then they'll kind of run as the other's VP. I doubt that. I think it's strategic, really, at this point, because it doesn't really, at this point, with so many people in, in the in the race still that it probably doesn't really make any sense for them to attack each other especially when they can just attack all of the other people who are like further away from them politically you know like I the just, centrists and shit i think almost everyone has taken a shit on bernie at some point when i've watched the debates except for her and i don't think yang has either he doesn't get he's to like talk. a medicare for all who yang yeah he he actually is yeah unapologetically for medicare for all it seems oh he is he is now since when he has a very baffling idea it's on his website i i haven't looked too much into it though. i was under the impression that his ubi plan uh was supposed to address the healthcare costs in this country like that that was sort of one of the reasons that he said the ubi is good as it can alleviate the strain from medical bills but I didn't know that, too. Yeah, while we're still on Yang, let me read a few of his quotes that I wrote down from the debate. Yeah, hell it, yeah, it gives you it. an idea of like how he frames stuff, which is very annoying. Uh, during, his opening sta- <laughs> during his opening statement, he said, the owners and shareholders of this democracy. <laughs> nice. He, he, he always seems to think like very, uh, very capitalistically like that. It's, it's always like uh, seeing everything as a business and seeing everything as an investment, it seemed like. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's a technocrat. That's mm-hmm. his thing. Uh, during the healthcare discussion, this is maybe the quote of the night. He said, I am Asian, so I know a lot of doctors. No, he didn't. Did he really say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. You missed that? Oh, yeah. No, he didn't. I, that's a direct quote. I am Asian, so I know a lot of doctors. Justin's the only one who had the mental fortitude to actually pay attention <laughs> during the debate. <laughs> yes. So I was not. I was drinking. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. Is So do you think that he meant that as like as a joke? Like he was like hoping to get some laughs oh, yeah, out of yeah. it? Or do you think he earnestly said that? No, nah, it was... He did get some Did laughs. people laugh? Yeah, he got laughs for that. Okay, good. He seemed like he was getting a lot of pretty loud cheers from the audience, too. Like, when, when I yeah, was watching like he, a lot of cheap It seemed pops. like he had his people out there, yeah. Yeah. How about the protesters that popped in, too? Hell yes. Oh, yeah, I don't know what they were saying. Yeah, did anyone ever figure out I, what they yes. were saying? <laughs> yes, the, yeah, there was pictures it. of them posted. They had, um... Oh, it was like India immigration. It was immigration shit about Biden. No, it was, it was about DACA. Oh, okay. Because there's pictures oh, of them being taken yeah, yeah, out yeah. and they're wearing shirts about, like, defending DACA. So it's it's largely immigration, yeah. But I th- if I recall, it was it was specifically directed at Biden, though, because... It was, was, and he looked yes. fucking rattled when he heard he them. Like, he was starting to talk, time. and, like, he just got this look like a fucking deer in the headlights as soon as he heard them. And, like, you could see, like, what little is left of his soul being swished around inside of his empty skull. <laughs> yeah he's really defensive about the like high level of deportation under obama yeah and like yeah it's really but like what else does he have i don't know i really wish they could have gotten their chant together so it would be more clear what they were talking about always practice your chants folks okay back to yang uh during the immigration discussion i don't i didn't write down the direct quote of this one but it's one of the worst things he said all night uh yang was uh, sort of saying, you know, immigrants are good. It's good to have immigrants here. But the reason he was saying that is because immigrants start the most Fortune 500 companies. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, oh my god, that. that's a that's a total thing. He said it was immigrants or the children of immigrants. I believe was the exact quote. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, yeah. So your your worth is determined by your ability to start a business that extracts the most wealth that's just because of it's he sees himself like that i mean he even said uh at one Absolutely. point i recall him saying like my father was a like a God, what was it like a peanut farmer a peanut farmer yeah they yeah, lived yeah. in a house peanut with farmer. no floor and now his son's yep. running for president of the yeah. united states so he just sort of sees everything sort of within that lens that you know if i can do it anybody can no yep. floor to no ceilings nice <laughs> yeah that's good you should email yeah. him that. Wow. yeah that honestly I mean, it's better than his fucking, like, math hats and stuff. Yeah, the math hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good slogan. I, what? I saw that, and I'm like, what? The first time I saw it, I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, Yang has campaign merch that just says math. Yeah, no, so you know what that no. stands for? Uh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> oh, it stands for something? Yeah. No, like, on his yeah. website, you know, I'm going to look no, it up. No, it stands for Make America Think Harder. I heard an interview <laughs> with someone that did an uh, interview with him on... Uh, Iowa Public Radio the other day, and that was sort of his uh, his answer to the MAGA hat because he saw how effective that was with Trump supporters, oh. and he is sort of imitating that uh, you know that 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 walking billboard. But yeah, it stands for Make America Think Harder. Oh my god, That's isn't that so inspiring? It is. Yeah. I'm thinking really hard right now myself. Yeah, speaking of thinking harder, uh, I do have one more Yang quote. This is uh, it was when they were discussing climate change, and I think. The discussion had moved towards, like, how do you get good legislation passed and how do you get good people elected when all the money is in, you know, reactionary things. 
uh, and Yang proposed his idea of democracy dollars. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Which honestly was not that bad of an idea. It was basically just like a, a different campaign finance system. Is that like public finance of elections? Yeah. Sort of. Uh, his, what he's saying yeah, is, Yeah, I like you know, that. That's good. What he's saying is everybody gets like a certain number of democracy $100. dollars. And that's, yeah, every person gets that and they can contribute it to whatever campaign they like. Um, I don't know if he said anything about like limiting campaign funds to only that, but yeah. I think the idea was that it was supposed to tip the scales in favor of um, individual citizens rather than, you know, these PACs that donate fuckloads of money to candidates. He said that like it would shift the balance of like spending power in you know, a campaign to, to people uh, instead of, you know, these special interest groups. I can't remember the percentage he said, but he, he cited an exact percentage that it would shift if he gave every American $100 to donate to a, you know whatever campaign they wanted to. I mean, that would be fine as long as that's the only. Yeah, I mean, that's a step in the right direction, but like a lot of Yang's things, it's like not really fixing the problem. It's just yeah, like one Yang's small whole thing aid. is like, I accept 100% that things are going to basically continue the way that they are already. Yeah. And there's really nothing we could president. do about it. But we are going to give you a $12,000 a year, like, basic stipend that will also... Assuage the poor. Yeah, basically. But hey, you might be able to turn those... You also might be able to take those $12,000 and become a Fortune 500 CEO in, uh, you know, a couple years, so... It's just kind of a weird version of regular, cool public election. I just, I don't think that's the best way to do it, but I'm done with that. I don't know. Do we want to talk about Mayo Pete a little bit? Mm, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, <he's... laughs> sure, go for it. I'm going to force it on you a little bit. All okay, right, so it. during his during his opening statements, uh, he expressed an idea which uh, we've all heard uh, a lot over the past 18 years or so. Uh, basically, he's wistful for that American feeling of September 12th, 2001, when we were all united and we all... We were all Americans. Unless you were Unless Muslim. You were brown. Then you yeah. were in big trouble. Then you definitely didn't get to experience that unity. Just an absolute, you know, psychopathic, uh, ahistorical look at the aftermath of 9-11. And, you know, he's touted as, like, such a smart guy. And it's like, this is such a load of shit. Like, America being a good, nice place to be and all of us sticking together after the terrorist attack it's absurd it is absurd but that's what liberals want to hear right they yeah. they love that fucking picture of like there's there's a before and after picture i saw circulating and it's like just your average sort of you know uh american suburban street and uh the first picture is just you know whatever nothing special and then the second picture is like every fucking house has a flag in the yard or it's got a flag hanging from the porch and like all the cars have fucking flag stickers on them and shit and it was like the day of 9-11 and the day after 9-11. This is really what we need in this country. I can see fucking liberals just salivating over that. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure you guys have seen the uh, 9-11 and 11-9 shirts. Uh, no, I haven't. Oh. 11-9 being Trump's 11-9 election. 11-9 yeah. being the day after Trump's election. Uh. The, the two worst days in American history. 9-11 uh. and 11-9. Yeah. Uh. It's, it's really oh bad. <laughs> like, that's... Disturbing, disturbing view of history. He does like the civilian shouldn't have weapons of war thing too. He does, but we should definitely shoot brown people with that. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, during the healthcare discussion, uh, Pete said, Medicare for all who want it. Okay, so that's everybody then, right? <laughs> Is there anyone, do, you, do any of you guys don't want healthcare? Or you know, that's good or what? Yeah, you know, just sort of like trying to muddy the waters like everybody else. Yeah, the thing is, Wash it down. any sort of like public option that is competing with private insurance is going to be watered down. And like, just by the fact that like not everyone is covered under the same plan is going to be more expensive. Anyone who wants to talk about a public option is basically saying that still like we want a public option to compete with private insurance companies which right. implies that they want to continue for insurance companies to, to profit off of and i noticed once again during the debate and after there were anti-medicare for all commercials there were, and yeah. that was one thing they, they cited specifically during the commercial was well one plan for everyone is not going to fit all not everyone's health care needs are all the same and like the commercial was literally just like normal hardworking people like you living their lives and telling you how bad it would be if we had you know universal health care yeah but the the plan that Medicare for All offers, the plan that fits all, is just everything is fucking covered and right. you don't pay for it when you get it. It's just taxed. Everyone gets everything covered. That's the plan. That literally is a plan that one size fits all. Mm -hmm. Imagine thinking that's bad. Like, imagine fucking not liking that idea. The only reason that people, I, I could see, and it's not even a good case, but I mean, their case being like, well, I work hard and I fucking... I, I worked hard to get this job and, and get this insurance that they provide here. Why should, you know, people that are flipping burgers get it? I know? got mine. Yeah, that's pretty much the conservative ideology in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, and it, it bleeds into fucking liberal ideology, too. Got mine, fuck you. The particular, the, like, very most craven of all of those is the, like, this is shitting on what labor unions achieved for all of us. Oh, fuck right off. Yeah, oh my god. Like, they couldn't work for, like, other better conditions if they didn't have to fucking negotiate your life or death. Yeah, exactly. Also, they like to talk about, like, small businesses and stuff, but, like, a public healthcare system would be a huge fucking benefit to any small business because, like, the main benefit that any small company has to, well, any company has to pay for is health insurance. Mm -hmm. And, like, that just cuts out, like, a huge expense. Yeah, and it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier for large companies to compete in that market and offering, you know, healthcare benefits to their employees because when you have a larger pool, it's yeah. A lot and that's what I'm saying about rates. the whole public option thing is like it has to be like a universal system or else it makes no fucking sense. And then you still have an ultra fragmented health market where no one is getting a good deal because it's just inefficient to have yeah. competition in, in health markets. But you know. I don't even like, I hate saying health markets. I'm sorry. I think I said that on another episode too. That's not a fucking market. That's what exists right now. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's gross. <laughs> it needs to be abolished for sure. Yeah. Won't yeah. companies just kind of shovel their sickest people into the public option? Yeah. And then That's what I'm saying. It'll... Like it's, there's no way that you can make it work and have it still be cost effective. <laughs> If it's still competing with Yeah, private. and then they'll trot it out and be like, see, we can't have universal health care because look at how the public yep, option is. That's did. what I'm saying. Like, they're going to sabotage so the shit craven. out of it. You cannot compromise on this. You cannot fucking compromise. Like, this is not a compromisable issue or it, it, it doesn't fucking work. Did you guys want to go on a little bit longer about health care or do you guys want to move on to something else? I think we're moving on to. Uh, okay. Justin's got a list of all the Iowa references in the debate. 
Yeah, I have. Wait, quick. Can we talk about how Joe Biden's teeth fell out? (laughs) Uh, Did you see that? He like chokes back on his teeth. I always thought they were veneers. They are not veneers. They are dentists. Oh, damn. I know. I'll send you the video where they fall out and then he like has to like wrap his <laughs> yeah, he like packed him back in on the fly. It was actually pretty impressive. Suck him back in this place. Yeah, like he's had his teeth fall out. He's blown out an eyeball. He's <laughs> just falling apart up there on the stage. <laughs> My, I'm most concerned with aesthetics the entire time. Like, what is the makeup like? <laughs> like, not. It's a like, debate. That's what it's about. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's all theater. It's a spectacle. So his teeth fell out, and it kind of rocked my world because I've made jokes about his veneers for years. Turns out they're dentures. <laughs> I have a couple more Pete things to mention. Yeah. Uh, so when Castro was first going after Biden, Pete sort of like tried to scold him and be like, "Listen, we're all we're all Democrats here. We need to be united against the threat of Trump." And Castro just sort of like immediately slapped him down and was like, "That's what a Democratic primary is for, dude." <laughs> And that was a great, that was a great moment. Like Castro was on fire. I don't really know much about his like policies because he's sort of an irrelevant candidate, but he was funny as hell on the debate stage. I have nothing but goodwill towards him. Like his housing policies are really good. He's like, I I don't know. He seems great. Yeah. I think it's good that there's someone who's like bringing immigration issues kind of like to the forefront. Right. And I don't know how his like current platform compares to how he was as a HUD secretary or anything like that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh again, he's not really a relevant candidate, to be honest, so it doesn't matter too much. Uh well he did his best to inject himself into the conversation and uh it seems like everyone's really mad at him. <laughs> so because of yeah, the uh good. Joe Biden yeah. senile argument. Good. This was a little good. too mean yeah, good for him. I guess. But I mean like Joe Biden is like an internal combustion engine that's like running on like seven cylinders like it's like very yeah. obvious to anyone who's paying attention and he's like he's not really all that put together <laughs> no are we just gonna let no one's allowed to say that his brain is completely smooth like no one like it, that's a relevant topic of conversation yeah somebody like he has had no to do wrinkles it. on his brain because he's senile somebody had to get him somebody had to <laughs> so on the troops section of the debate uh, Pete had this choice quote, we have got to end endless war, which, you know, out of context is correct. But in context, he is a guy who graduated from Harvard and then enlisted in the military to go to Afghanistan like 10 years into that war. What a, what a clout chasing psycho. dude! Like That's literally nothing. That's just a career move, dude. Like that wasn't you didn't like feel the fucking call of duty. Like that's a, that's literally a career move. Knowing you're going to go into politics, like wanting to go into politics, and just to have that on your uh, resume. In his book, he talks about like when he was at Harvard that he would like memorize the names of like Harvard alumnus who <laughs> were were killed in combat. That's so weird. Uh, it seems dude. he's weird. That's, no, actually, that's really normal. <laughs> I don't see a problem with that. <laughs> he just has so much respect for the fallen. Oh. <laughs> it's hard to say like exactly how cynical he is, but. <laughs> I'm I'm betting it's more than zero. <laughs> oh yeah. Like there's no good option because there's no argument that this was a poverty draft, which is why I never feel like you know I always feel bad for people who end up you know um, having no other options. But he could have done literally fucking yeah, anything. Yeah. So he signed up either because he's cynical or for the love of murder. <laughs> right. <Why not> both? 
both. <laughs> or both. Yeah, and the whole rest of that section of the debate of the debate was just every other candidate thanking him for his service. Oh yeah, I definitely remember that. <laughs> like, I mean, you have to at that point. If like you get put in that position up on the stage, I mean, you don't want to be the one that doesn't, you know? Yeah, but they uh, like would stop in the middle like of a a different answer <laughs> and just be like, "Thank you, Pete." Oh, and by Thank the way, you. by the way, yeah, thanks. Thank you to my friend Pete for shooting that gun. He was like an intelligence officer, <laughs> wasn't he? Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, he also <laughs> knew he was never going to get killed. Right. Like, yeah. Because they have, yeah, they have that fast, like, different tracks in the military. Like, he was never going to be in combat. But he got good pictures with big guns. Yeah, I mean. Right, holding that gun. He did go to Harvard, after all. <laughs> Uh, I think this is maybe the most important part of the debate, so I want to make sure I get to it. Uh, every candidate who name-checked Iowa, the shameless pandering. And I may have missed some, so apologies if I did not put them on the list. Uh, I have Pete mentioning Iowa during the immigration section. Amy Klobuchar mentioned Iowa by name during the foreign policy slash trade policy section. I wasn't sure what was going on there. Uh, Kamala Harris also mentioned Iowa by name there. Uh, moderator Jorge Ramos mentioned Iowa when they were discussing Venezuela and all of that stuff. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's the Venezuela sense, uh, Venezuela conundrum. <laughs> yeah. A nuclear vuvuzela. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah, that's all. I think that's everyone that mentioned Iowa by name. I do want to say that Bernie Sanders, during the trade policy section, he said, quote, farmers in the Midwest and elsewhere. Which yeah, we know what you're talking about, Bernie. He's not trying to pander to us by mentioning us by name, and I have a lot of respect for him. <laughs> <laughs> He's got my vote on that alone. Not mentioning Iowa specifically. I love the attention, so I think it's great. Yeah, everyone that I was watching the debate with, every time somebody said Iowa, they would all just sort of jokingly be like, "Oh, that, that's us. That's us." <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. This is our part. <laughs> It's like seeing a live concert and the musician replaces the city name and the song they wrote with the currency that they're in. Yeah. <laughs> nice like, cheap pop. They look up a fact. Uh, and my closing thought from the debate, uh, at the end, George Stephanopoulos said, I think we learned a lot tonight. No, we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible fucking debate. <laughs> Nothing of value was gained at all no not really yeah it felt obligatory like the last season of game of thrones which i already said to evan like you fucking started it you started this campaign you have to suffer through the end and you're gonna hate every second of it and i think it's time to go from 10 candidates to five yeah i can't wait for andrew yang to be president who should be our five uh biden warren sanders uh biden warren sanders fuck it put yang up there dude Keep it interesting. Yeah, people like Andrew Yang, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say, based on his performance the other night, keep Castro in. He's fun to have around. Yeah. Someone's got to shit on Biden. And, like, I feel like he, he can do that because he has sort of, like, the least amount to lose by just, like, viciously shitting oh, yeah. on Joe Biden That's the whole time. definitely a strategy. And he also has the Obama glow, so he can't use that, you know, because right. he was a secretary. That's under. a great point, actually, yeah. Biden can't just be like, listen, I worked for Obama, because it's like, so did, so did Castro. Right. So, yeah, we like him. I, I like him. I don't know. And I like to have someone funny there, because, like, Bernie is, like, always can, like, doggedly saying his point, 
but doesn't really he's not very playful in that format he's just always pissed yeah yes as as he should be but (laughs) are we ready to cut the debate chat off oh god yes it's killing me it's killing us all i've got much else to say about it i i want to be done with it oh elizabeth warren was there she did all right Good, I guess. <laughs> Interesting how it took uh, took you this long to mention a woman in the debate. No, we were talking about Klobuchar. Mm. We started off with Klobuchar. Yeah, I'll mentioning her several times. But, you, know, you just changed the topic right away. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's that's enough debate talk. I, I'm full. I'm 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 done. I've had enough until the next debate, which I look forward to with utmost anticipation. <laughs> okay, so we have another uh, opinion columnist to spotlight today from our great state of Iowa. Oh, fuck uh, this yeah. is somebody who was brought to our attention by somebody who listens to our show and follows us and talks to us and seems to be a very nice guy. He's on Twitter as at noble underscore AV. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's a good follow. Yeah, he interacts with us a lot. He seems like a great guy. Uh, but he brought this guy to our attention. The guy's name is Dennis Clayson. He is a professor of marketing at the University of Northern Iowa, and he writes frequently in the Courier up in Cedar Falls. Uh, I have his faculty page on the UNI website pulled up. He, he got his education. He got a PhD and a bachelor's degree from Brigham Young University. Oh, oh hell yeah. Oh. Shoutouts. Shoutouts to BYU. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, Here's his professional accomplishments section of his bio here. Dennis specializes in measurement, psychometrics, and marketing education research. He's published over 35 papers in refereed journals in marketing management, psychological, sociological, and medical journals, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a bunch of shit. (laughs) In addition to his academic work, Dennis has consulted with both local and national firms, including the Mayo Clinic. John Deere, and the Procter & Gamble Company, and writes for a local news media, which has published over 1,000 of his articles over oh, almost wow. 20 years. That's a fuckload. Yeah, there's a treasure trove here. I pulled up his most recent one to read today. Uh, his faculty page also lists a phone number and email address, which are... No, I'm not going to actually put those out there. <laughs> <laughs> Redacted. Uh, he has a book for sale on Amazon called Unknown Waters in an Unknown Land, Trout and the Soul in Iowa. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like up Chuck's alley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fishing essays, it looks like. Nice. If he just stuck to that, it seems like he'd be a fine person. Right, yeah. Very Iowan to write a book about how therapeutic fishing is. He is a marketing professor. And also worked for the Mayo Clinic in Johnson & Johnson, which yep. I just will say it sounds very sinister to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then again, I think marketing and I just think sinister, so. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I have his Rate My Professors page pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, almost universally awful ratings. Of... <laughs> the most recent one is from March of 2019. They gave him a 1.0 for overall quality and a 4.0 for level of difficulty. And this is a little bit of a teaser, but the description they put here is, before you take him as a professor, Google Dennis Clayson, the toxic feminine mystique. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh. So this is the rabbit hole we're going down. <laughs> yep. I wasn't sure where this was going. I didn't look up anything about this guy. I was kind of wondering, you know, what we were going to touch on, but 
Okay, this yeah. sounds good. I want to know about the toxic feminine mystique. I'm completely clean. I didn't look up anything. I'm really proud of myself, so hit us with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not reading the toxic feminine mystique once a day, but we will get to it at some point. I wanted to start with his most recent article. This was in The Courier. Again, this is a Cedar Falls, Northern Iowa paper, which is why we weren't really familiar with this guy because we don't have a lot of connections up there. Uh, his column is titled, U.S. History Deserving of Acclaim. And this was published on September 8th of 2019. It starts off, The Taliban destroyed 1,700-year-old statues of Buddha. They did so supposedly because the images violated religious beliefs that did not even exist when the images were made. Their behavior was considered barbaric by most of the world. Several domestic groups have insisted that statues representing heroes and events in our own history, or as one headline put it, monuments of our dark past, be removed or destroyed. What do the American Taliban have in common with their namesakes? Religious fanaticism. The major difference between the two groups is their concept of God. So this guy is comparing the destruction of ancient religious symbols with the uh, protest of Confederate monuments. (laughs) Monuments of our dark past. They definitely weren't celebrating those those generals. Like It wasn't like a positive thing. Those definitely weren't erected during Jim Crow to intimidate black you. people at all. But, yeah, you no know, fucking let's... kidding. <laughs> Thank you. What a Shop- fucking horrible comparison. I already hate this guy. Let's hear some more. Don't we all hate him? Uh, let's go on. Okay. The American Taliban has made the nexus between ideology and self their god. This explains several phenomena. The demand for ideological conformity, the demonization of opponents, and the casting of the past as evil. If you are your own god, then those who disagree with you are not only wrong, they are evil. If you and your ideology are god, any historical figure or idea that does not agree with your current thought is also evil. There can be no tolerance of evil, even if that evil took place before your ideology even existed. I kind of don't understand what he's writing about. No, he likes to just sort of talk in circles and seem very wise. So are we... I don't understand what we're talking, what it's even about. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm still like a little lost here. Like, what, what is he even on about? What's his argument? If I hadn't interjected and said Confederate monuments, would you even know what? No, he was that's what I was going to say. He no, didn't specifically really. mention that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm basically, he's just going on about how, like, well, he hasn't said liberals either, but I'm waiting for it. Right. Right. Liberals have their own religion, and their religion is that uh... they themselves are God. Oh, okay, okay. They know what's best. Thank Since you. we're a little bit uh, lost in the woods, I'm just going to keep powering through this, and hopefully we can find something to grasp onto. The acolytes of this modern religion cannot put themselves into the past with any degree of empathy. They can't see that people who conform to an all-encompassing correctness would have been swept up in correct thought at any moment of history. If the acceptance of slavery was universal, then these people would be advocates of slavery. The national and local leaders who removed slavery stood apart from common thought and should be seen as exemplary, even if they do not meet current ideological purity. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone actually is saying that, like, we should destroy history or, like, not talk about the fucking good parts about history. (laughs) But also, yeah, like Chuck said, I mean, the whole Confederate monument thing. People aren't even saying that we shouldn't talk about the bad parts of history. Yeah, yeah. They're saying... We shouldn't, like, lionize P. 
people who held other human beings as property, you know? Seems pretty basic to me. Yeah. It does, yeah. Let's go on. America should be celebrated because it allowed women the right to vote, not condemned, (laughs) because there was a period when it did not. To emphasize that dark period and condemn our history as evil demonstrates a mindless adherence to modern thought. It is the epitome of arrogance to assume we would have had current beliefs and feelings no matter when we lived and with whom we associated. Does he realize that we do live in the, in the present? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> in a world where slavery was ubiquitous, the United States stood apart condemning it. What? I gotta stop there and say... <laughs> uh, we literally invented chattel slavery. Weren't we one of the last countries to yes. abolish slavery? Yes. <laughs> I believe so, yes. yes. On a wide scale, yes. Yeah. yeah. When did we ever say it was bad? Oh my, oh my god. In a world where women were treated almost as property, we were one of the first nations to stand against it. With what? Most of the people who assume our past was evil and therefore our present time is illegitimate would have opposed the very changes that made our current freedoms possible. No, they wouldn't have. Oh, boy. What are you fucking talking about? I have no idea. Word salad. What is he talking about? Here's the real kicker, though. Robert E. Lee, for example, was a brilliant general, an educated, highly moral, and principled. Oh my here we go. god! Here we go. <laughs> that old canard. <laughs> oh to condemn him because his views do not conform to modern ideological purity is not only wrong, it is symptomatic of the undereducated, self-righteous, oh and ideologically god. driven egos of the advocates of a godlike ideology that cannot tolerate the least amount of opposition. Oh my god, we're jumping straight into this. Just like straight white supremacy. Yeah, we've been shoved into the deep end. Like all that like you just you should just start the article with that. Like Yeah, I not, not, not you Justin, but like the guy who wrote this, like just fucking start with this right away. Like why like flutter around everything else? So you have to read the whole fucking thing before you get to the like, oh yeah, okay. You figure out what he's even talking about. He's a white supremacist. Almost literally have to read the entire thing because here's the last sentence. These advocates are not only lacking in empathy, they will forever be blown about by any change in current ideology, lacking in the stability of those having a god external to themselves. End of column. Isn't this an example of how changes are good? Yeah. A bad thing happened and we changed it, but fuck people who want change. Who do you think instigated that change? A person like Dennis Clayson? (laughs) Absolutely not. That he's well, writing actually, it from the maybe it was the Republicans that freed the slaves. Oh actually, <laughs> <laughs> I knew that that was going to be an implication in it. Yeah, I think actually we went through the whole thing. He didn't say liberals or Democrats at all, so he leaves nah. the he leaves the enemy unnamed. Way to go, dude! You did it. Very subtle of him. Yeah, I, I just I don't understand how you can say all that shit and just be like we live in 2019 right now like what was acceptable back 100 years ago is not acceptable anymore like what's so hard to understand about that like of course attitudes have changed that doesn't mean like of course we see things in a different context now like what's what's your complaint here like (laughs) the complaint is you can't criticize people for having been wrong in the past before it was not bad to be wrong oh okay got it i mean there were (laughs) always fucking abolitionists like, it was, uh, right, there were people right, yeah. right at the time. Yeah, something he said, uh, yeah, if the acceptance of slavery was universal, then these people would be advocates of slavery. 
Well, the acceptance of slavery was not universal. And right? there were like there... people fighting it the so whole it's time. It's like we fought a war over it or something. And half no. the people thought, like, like it was a big The Civil War wasn't about moment. slavery. Oh, it was about states' rights. Oh, right, yeah, it was states about rights. states' rights. Sorry, it was about states' rights. States' rights to what? Yeah. <laughs> to govern as they please. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I always want to ask people that when they, like, states' rights for, for what? <laughs> yeah. What Have you guys ever it? seen the Constitution of the Confederate States of America? No. I think it's in their Constitution. It, it may have been... I know that's in, like, some of the state's letters of secession, but, like, pretty much every single one of them mentions, you know, black people being inferior to white people. The African is supposed to be, you know, subjugated. It was very much a central part of their reason for splitting with the U.S. Of course. Yeah, well, it's a symbol of heritage, all right? It's like, I don't know who is, like, I don't know. These guys, like, want to take everything out of context now and then say that everyone is is taking, like, Oh, Robert E. Lee was a great general, and he did other shit other than, like, fight for slavery. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Yeah, the, the sentence that Clayson used was, Robert E. Lee was a brilliant general, an educated, highly moral, and principled man. How much of that is even true? True. Like, he's probably highly educated, I suppose, but that doesn't mean dick. Well, right, by, you know, because he was a wealthy man. Of course he was educated. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone is opposed to, like, looking at the actual context of the times when people like that lived. <laughs> so, like, it just reads like a huge tantrum. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which, I mean, it is a huge tantrum, so. This guy throws his tantrums pretty much every week in the local paper, so we've got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, what did you mention? He's had over a thousand articles published over a 20-year span. I mean, that's like, mm -hmm. that's like basically one a week, isn't it? Yeah, I think that math checks out. You do the math, yeah. So the, um, you know, the two Game of Thrones guys. Did you hear about this? Mm -mm. The, like no the writer the guys. Two, yeah, the two white dudes. That, oh, I knew you were gonna talk about. That, yeah, that they interviewed the end of every Game of Thrones. That they're like the showrunners. Apparently, I'm the only one here who watches Game of Thrones, which is pretty shameful mm -hmm. of me. Um, <laughs> but the two showrunners, their next project was the two of them, um, and it was called Confederacy. And it was on HBO, and it was What If the South Had Won. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Like, what? You're going to let those two dudes make a show about, oh, my God, what a sick country. Uh, it got canceled, <laughs> by the way. Yes. Already? Because yes. They, bought, they got bought out by Netflix or whatever, and then it got canceled. Owned. The Man in the High Tower sucks also, just saying. That show, not the book. It's like where Nazi Germany would have won. World War Two, oh. and America becomes like fascist, or I don't, I don't even fucking know. It sucked. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know a lot of people like that show, but so I can't it's watch like it. Wolfenstein, then. Yeah, the only good, uh, the only good, uh, you know, fiction about that is Wolfenstein. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I watched that be played, and it was video really... games are art. They are art. Yeah, or like Bioshock. Wolfenstein is art, at least. Wolfenstein is art. I'm sorry. Yeah, but but like Bioshock is too. There's one. Bioshock, the first one's about like a, it's basically like a collapse of uh, the ideal libertarian society, isn't it? Yeah. And like you're navigating the wreckage of it. Yeah. And the second one is like, um, or no, it's the third one that's good again, too. And they're like led by a um, uh, like religious uh, fanatic. I don't know about that. So the third one I thought was doing a 
You're talking about Bioshock Infinite, right? Yeah. Okay, so I thought Bioshock Infinite did a very good job for like 80% of the game of like making a point about class struggle and like uprising and revolution. But as they were approaching the finish line, they stuck a fucking metal pole between their spokes and just went flying off their bike as soon as it became <laughs> as soon as the narrative became like, well, actually, the people that were being oppressed. Uh, you know, fighting for their freedoms are actually just as bad and as violent as their oppressors, and so therefore, uh, there's really no good side here. You know, uh, they South Parked it. The oppressed become the oppressors. Yeah, that's like that. It kind of becomes that. Like you start to like sympathize with the oppressors after the revolution starts. Like that's what they try to make you do. So, like I said, they they did a very good job up until that. And I'm a I'm a big fan of the Bioshock series, and I was really enjoying that game, and I still did. But it just I don't know, because, like, there's a scene where the leader of the revolution, like, very violently executes a guy who owns this, like, giant factory in Colombia that's, uh, I think it's called Colombia, the, the city in that, in that game. Uh, he owns, like, this giant factory that, like, employs, uh, like, not employs, but, like, that's, like, basically where the entire lower class work for, like, very little money, they have very little rights, and, uh, he's, like, brutally executed by the revolution leader. And, like, after that, you're sort of, like, meant to see, like, well, actually, these people are bad and violent, too, is kind of where they want you to go with it. Yeah, so I only played, like, not to that at all. I played, like, (laughs) three minutes of it. And I'm like, I understand this. (laughs) This game's good, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I get this. I can't move the camera and the gun at the same time, so I can't play games like that because I can't. (laughs) I have to be on the computer where it's 2D. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you need keyboard and mouse for sure. Yeah, I can't, like, look around at the same time as shooting a gun, and so I give up immediately. So I guess now I know how it ends. Well, now that we've discussed gaming, I think we've touched on all of our, you know, topics of expertise for today, which means we we can probably end today's episode. Are you all, you all have anything to throw in before we stop? No, not really. No. Uh, I'm just pouring one out for joseph dobrian right now <laughs> yeah. sorry now you have lots of time to come on our podcast oh god no, no. <laughs> yeah i will not i do not want to talk to that man ever <laughs> i've been sort of like crossing my fingers that i don't run into him in public since he lives in iowa city uh, oh no uh, what's he gonna do fuck him dude no i'm not like afraid i just don't want to see to him, see him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. understandable i don't want to experience his presence you know <laughs> right you guys mind if i plug a couple shows that i'm doing yeah, yeah absolutely yeah okay so if if you live in or around iowa city and you want to see me play some music i'm going to be playing my saxophone at the yacht club this friday the show starts at eight and i'm doing one of the i hear i see free concerts next thursday september 26th at the mill, I will be playing the first four tracks off of the first Now That's What I Call Music concert. <laughs> <laughs> good set list and one of my favorite venues to see live music. It's a good spot. I love it. That sounds really fun. <laughs> yeah, so come on out. Have fun with me and my friends. Everybody ready to go? Yep, I think I'm ready to pack it in. I've had enough for one week. I never want right. to think I'm about the debate again. Go back to bed. Take me and my hockey hangover back to bed. When is the next debate? <laughs> I don't know I don't or know. care when the next debate is. Yeah, I don't really care either. I don't know why I said that. The worst event possible. Yeah. 
hate them, and I watched it all for content. So appreciate that. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, definitely watch the debate. <laughs> Thank you all for consuming our content, and remember to follow us on Twitter and harass us. Or not. Every day. No or send us articles and stuff. That's how we even know about this slavery guy. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Did you just say goodbye? I did. <laughs> <Say> goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Bye, <laughs> everyone. Es gibt ein Haus in Neu-Berlin. Man nennt es Haus Abendrot. Es war der Ruin vieler guter Jungs, von mir, mein Gott, litt ich Not.